It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is the Go Birds Pod, episode number 78. After the second appearance or media appearance of OTAs, as we are, get, I'm getting excited. And uh, I don't know if Elliot is, as he just grabbed a bagel because he was starving, but I appreciate his, uh, his awareness and his timeliness, and that is why he is here with us. Elliot, what is going on, man? How are you? Well, I knew I had to bring the heat, because every time I hear that introduction, it just gets me going. So I got the food in my belly now. I'm ready to go. and I'm happy. First of all, let me say this. I forgot, and this is going to make me sound out of shape, but <laughs> I forgot, like, it's tiring standing out there for a full, <laughs> for football <laughs> practice and tweeting and all that stuff. So I'm happy to be back and doing it, and uh, it's just fun to have football to talk about again. Um, and remind me, where uh, didn't you get yelled at Doug in, like, 16 for when it was raining? Uh, were you one of the guys that were up against the wall when he told you you can't be on the wall? Yeah, I was one of the guys, but that was more to get out of the rain than it was to lean against the wall. Yeah. And then, like, the Eagles also changed their policy about allowing media members to sit on the steps during practice. Mm-hmm. So, you look, it's off-season for us, too. You know, like, uh, <laughs> got to get back in, in, in live-tweeting shape. Yeah, you got to work on the tan and get the fingers ready. And uh, certainly, exactly. uh, Carson Wentz made the uh, made the fingers go pretty pretty crazy today, and all for the goodness. Like, I was just sitting there watching the uh, the warm-ups as you guys were down there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, is the funny thing to me is, like, last year we're all sitting there and going, oh, wow, you know, Carson Wentz doesn't even look injured. And now, like, he really, 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 really doesn't look injured. How was uh, his day-to-day because he was tearing up the Twitter timeline? So, a couple things. First, I'll say, to your point, 
like, yes, last year the focus was all on Carson's health. So whenever he was out there, it was, oh, he looks healthy. And, and based on how he played in 2017, it was, okay, he's healthy, he'll be great. He's healthy, he'll be great. But the, the thing that not a lot of people talked about last year was that actual practice-wise, he did not look good last year in either OTAs or training camp. He did have days where he looked good, but overall, I mean, I, again, I track every throw, and when you look at what he did in 2018 training camp versus 2017, not just in the limited reps, but in the touchdown-interception ratio and that type of thing, how he did in the red zone, he just didn't look as good. So that aside, so now that we know he's healthy and you can just watch him play, like he is playing a lot better, at least today, and it's just one day, but he looked a lot better today than he did, I would almost say, at any point last year in training camp. He oh, looked, man. He looked sharp. He looked decisive with the ball. His touch was there. I mean, I'm sure he had a bad throw. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Again, 7-on-7, some 11-on-11, no pads, first day of second day of OTAs, all that stuff. But he looked lights out. Like, my main takeaway was... Gonna be a, it could potentially be a rough year for anybody that's been anti-Carson Webb. Well, and this potentially, is... Potentially be a rough year. This is the, the first thing, because over the weekend, uh, you know, Lewis Riddick just says, hey, Carson Wentz is going to be MVP this year. And everybody's just like, what in the hell? And I feel like he snuck down there for a couple of practices, right? Like he just couldn't well, quick, say anything I, about can it? Can I interrupt with a quick Lewis Riddick story? Yes, that, please. Real quick. So I remember after 2016, it was uh, 2017 training camp. I'm at practice. Lewis Riddick's there. And I've always really respected him, so I wanted to go up to him and just talk to him. So we're talking football, and he said to me that day, he said, he said, the world's about to see what a good head coach Doug Peterson is. And that was, wow. remember, if you remember after 2016, Doug was not considered, I mean, people were optimistic, but he was not considered a great head coach. People were even saying, People wanted him fired. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so Lewis Riddick, I remember sitting there at training camp, and I didn't push him on it at the time, because I'm like, fucking Lewis Riddick, and I just didn't respect, I respected him, and I was just like, okay. But he was like, yeah, Doug's going to show the world what a great head coach he is. So I will say Lewis Riddick, in my book, is one for one on calling Eagles uh, predictions. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. And then you match that up today and, you know, uh, I mean, the first the first couple of things you see is, hey, you know, him and Deshaun connecting for a long crosser mm-hmm. and Deshaun runs it in for the to the touchdown. Uh, a back shoulder throw over my boy Sidney Jones to another guy that you don't like for some reason and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Well, I was going to uh, say, that play alone must have been very emotionally hard for you. No, not at all. Side. It I was mean. it was because exa- I am sure, I am more than sure that Sidney played it correctly and Wentz and J.J. together was just too good on that rep and that's – how that happens, especially if it was a red zone drill, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And okay, I will, and again, to, your, to your point, it, the coverage was was pretty good. I mean, he got the <laughs> you know, and it's a rookie and all that. So yeah, I want to see it, but like, yes, the coverage was very good. And our single white side did a great job adjusting the ball in the air. Yeah, and this is in, in the in, in full honesty, the first OTA because they lined up in the same drill, and I looked at Dave Zingaro and I go, Sydney's screwed here. And he w- he didn't. He made a great play, and then it turned ended up being like a weird, you know, interception, not interception, then a touchdown or whatever. But like, you know, I'm just saying, I wanted to make sure because your tweet made it sound like, oh no, Sidney Jones is in trouble. So I just wanted to well, point that out, right? I mean, he's I mean, still he in trouble. I mean, you get beat by here. a rookie in the beginning of his for a, tr- or a touchdown. I don't know. I get. I get. Uh, I think he did play it well. Let me ask you this though, because you were there last week and yeah. I wasn't, so this felt like my first day. Was was Matt Collins there last week? He, he was not. And he's not there again today. So that is not there again today. Am yeah. I missing something about why he's not there? Am I just doing a bad job? Like he's not 
still, I mean, is he still rehabbing the same injury from last year? I, I have to assume that something bad really happened in that. Because if you remember, like Mac was scheduled to come back. Everything was on track, and then all of a sudden, uh, it wasn't. Like it, they they even said so. It was like, yeah, we're going to take it easy with them, and then it went from that to okay, we have to IR you and just you know move on from this. Right. And I think it, I think he had a major setback at some point, and we just don't know about it. Um, I know that he showed up to a couple of events that we were at last year. Uh, and he seemed like he was fine, but obviously we're not going to go and talk to him about it. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think, I just think it's something major that is, yeah, and he had a, and he had a, you know, something probably done with his, with his hernia where I don't know if the, maybe the surgery got wrong. I don't know. You get into a big speculation game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, look, I, and I'll try to look into it. The only thing I would say is it just dawned on me, like he's really forgotten become a forgotten man and you know Sidney Jones coverage aside and that you know back and forth whatever debate like J.J. Arcega Whiteside is primed to just take Matt Collins role now oh, I know easily. there's slightly yeah. different players but at the end of the day there's three starting receivers and there's going to be a and one of them has to be fourth and with how much Eagles like to move their receivers around I don't really think one's inside and one's outside and at this point I would say I mean Arcega Whiteside is, is ahead of Matt Collins and Matt Collins is in a little bit of trouble, in my opinion. Help aside, but I think his roster spot is in trouble heading into training. Yeah, and it's uh, really weird how it went from, you know, looking like it was going to be a, a pretty good pick to now, like, being on the bubble in uh, in just, what, this is going into his third year um, uh, as it stands now. And the other thing that I think people were – I mean, we'll get back to Carson in a second because I'm sure like, – tell me about yeah, the, we'll get back to Carson, the, yeah. the, the Zach Ertz throw because everybody was raving about that one too where it was – I think it was over LJ Ford for 25 yards. But, yeah, des- describe to us what you saw out there. Yeah, I mean, just his accuracy was extremely on point. The Zach Ertz throw, Zach Ertz, if I remember correctly, kind of came. He was going, like, going across the field about 20, 25 yards down. Uh, Wentz lofted it perfectly right over Ertz's shoulder, right into his hand. It was over LJ Ford. Um, again, another throw really where nothing they could have done. I mean, it was just perfectly placed. Two guys that already have a ton of chemistry together. Um, but really, what really impressed me, actually, is, is, was the next throw, where Deshaun Jackson was across the middle, maybe 20 yards out from the end zone, and he just rocketed it right into Deshaun. It wasn't like a 75-yard bomb like you usually see Deshaun catch. It was just a rocket right over the middle, perfectly thrown, and Deshaun took it in. So he really kind of picked uh, the defensive part on all angles. And, you know, that's the thing about practices – like OTAs in training camp, if the offense is doing really good, then you can sit and say, all right, what's going on with the defense? But I don't think it was really the defense. I mean, they were, they were missing some guys, obviously, and not being able to tackle hurts the defense. But the, the throws were just on point. Carson, I mean, look, we've debated Carson, and the, I think really the only bad thing people have said about him is he can't stay healthy, and nothing he did today changed that. But when he's healthy and when he's playing, I mean, he, he's really good, and you saw that today. Yeah, and uh, our uh, good friend from Inside the Birds, Adam Kaplan, I just saw a quote tweet yours and say, you know, the TD pass in the back of the end zone around 25 yards to D-Jack was, you know, a fire emoji. And I'm, I appreciate Adam Kaplan using all the emotions that he does. I, I think he's trying, try, yeah, he's trying to uh, – he's a little hit, uh, hat tip to me. So yeah, I appreciate that with the <laughs> I um, – uh, it just gets me excited. And listen, and I saw you uh, go after somebody about it too. OTAs do kind of matter. You know, not everything that you say. I mean, a lot of this is all with the caveat. 
shorts and shells, just like you said. It's seven on seven. It's eleven on eleven. No contact. No game. Like then, right. then, there's no point in t- in in reading or tweeting about it. Like if you are one of those people, fuck off, Jesus. Like yeah, you know, you know, like <laughs> it, then then don't pay attention to it. You don't have to comment on it. It's just OTAs. It doesn't matter. I even said, man, does Derek Barnett look faster for some reason? And I want to get your opinion on that too. Uh, and then it goes, who cares? It's you know, time and time again, OTAs is a great time for hope. Even just as a fan, OTAs are great for this simple reason in terms of what Elliot's talking about. To have reps with Deshaun Jackson this early and, and it's starting off well is a great sign. The same thing with Zach Ertz, having all that with a, with a rookie uh, right, uh, wide receiver in the red zone, which it more than likely is probably primarily going to be used as in the first part of the season and see how it grows from there. All of this is great. It means that... You know, uh, Carson Wentz's a- uh, accuracy is hasn't left at all. Like those are all important factors and little uh, check boxes before you get into training camp, and you see how it lines up after that, and you see if they can uh, can progress, and that's why things change all the time. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, sports are fun. And Elliot, people need to have more fun. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I man. Like the people, the dude tweets me like, uh, "Calm down, it's OTAs." Like, first of all, I know it's OTAs. I was there. Like, I'm well aware <laughs> of, what, of, what, of what I'm at. But also, like you said, like if you don't think it's a big deal, then don't pay attention. But anyone who doesn't think it's a big deal is wrong. I mean, I talked to Brandon Graham after practice, who does look way faster. I think a Brandon Graham breakout year or you know huge year is coming. Like the dude looked in the best shape of his career. That's awesome. Started, started covering him. And he said, he said, look, last offseason, he was dealing with a foot injury. He wasn't able to go to, to participate in OTAs. He missed most of training camp. And he said, you know, throughout your career, you maybe take those things for granted sometimes. Like, oh, it's just OTAs or, you know, using it for certain things. But he said missing them last year had a huge impact, he, he thinks, on, on his season because he was playing catch-up the whole year. So Brandon Graham's out there today getting work, and that's big for him. Carson Wentz, this time last year, had a knee brace on. It wasn't, to do every, it wasn't able to do everything. Today, he's throwing it to Deshaun time and time again, and that's going to help. I mean, the, the reps that they got today are going to help this team in September. And here's the other thing I'll say. Just being able to be out on the field for Wentz and Deshaun, being able to take a rep in a team drill and then afterwards talk about it. There was a play today where Carson stepped back, threw it deep to Deshaun. He was probably 30, 35 yards deep, and it looked like Deshaun went to the right a little bit, and Carson went to, and Carson threw it to uh, to the corner of the end zone. So they were, it looked like they were a little off page. And uh, after the play, they I saw them kind of walking back and talking about it, and, you know, explaining what each of them saw. And that stuff really matters. Like, yes, there's no pads on, but communication, having timing, that stuff really matters. And again, Carson didn't have that last year, and it definitely, for sure, impacted him. Yeah, and that is uh, that's why all of these things. Uh, do matter and just know in the back of your head like okay let's see if they can carry it on you know into training camp and then into the season and we all know how this works you know <laughs> just uh, most importantly just have fun with it get a little excited and um speaking of getting a little excited i did see a couple of your notes um tell me about jordan howard because you know it's weird that miles sanders again we don't really know what's going on it's not weird it's just unexpected um, that he's not practicing and not good. Not good. right now. It's not, not good. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I saw that you you had mentioned that Jordan Howard was was catching a lot of balls at least today, or at least they are, that's what they were working on. Uh, I'm I'm really starting to think that Miles Sanders' role is going to not be as big as we expected early on. 
um, you know, during the season, especially if Jordan Howard has a contract year. Um, you know, he, I mean, just by your words, he looks a little more comfortable catching the football, or at least the Eagles are giving us giving him a little more credit than than maybe Chicago did on how to mm-hmm. catch footballs. But what, what was your impressions, if any, uh, from from Jordan Howard today? Yeah, I think he looks comfortable catching the ball. And again, these are not passes that are extremely hard to catch. He caught one in the team drill that was basically just a screen pass. Uh, he caught it fine, caught it in stride. Um, Carson hit him on early another time on not so much like a wheel route, but he was starting to head up the field and, Car- and uh, Carson hit him. So, uh, yeah, he looked comfortable catching the ball. As far as Miles Sanders, um, I do think, like, I kind of agree with you that I don't think he's going to have as big of a role, but I, but I also think that the lack of quality uh, backups is, is going to impact him. Um, I mean, uh, Wendell Smallwood dropped two passes today. Uh, Donald Pumphrey was with the second-team offense. So I, there's just not a lot of great options behind Jordan Howard. I think Miles Sanders is almost going to have to be on the field. But, and we talked about this around draft time, I'm not as high on that pick as other people, and it'll just be interesting to see how he does, but I don't think missing OTAs, it, it is a big deal for a rookie because, you know, physically it's not so much about practicing and like getting in reps. It's more so about getting used to NFL practice, getting comfortable in the playbook and, you know, just watching is uh, it's going to set him back. Yeah, I think so too. And, and uh, um, I, I'm, well, it's going to be, I mean, it'll be a good problem to have anyway. Like, whatever, you have a second-round rookie that, let's say, that doesn't contribute as much as we all expected through this year, and then Jordan Howard ends up being, like, amazing or something like that. And, um, you know, whatever. Just looking a year down the road to see how that kind of works out. offense, like, to to your point, like, Miles Sanders, yes, they want him to contribute. He's a second-round pick. My main takeaway from watching today, and again, Carson looked good and all that, but this offense is going to be, if Carson is healthy and plays at the level he's capable of, this offense is going to be the best offense in the NFL. Yes, yes. And it, 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 it's not, I mean, it'll be close because the Chiefs are really good and all that stuff. But, man, like, Deshaun Jackson, just, he looks like he's going to be an absolute steal. Uh, I mean, the guy was catching stuff all over the field. Um, when Deshaun was here the first time, which was, someone mentioned it was six years ago, which is pretty wild to think how much has changed. But, um, when Deshaun was here the first time, I was kind of just starting to cover the team a little bit, and I don't really remember watching him practice, but I remember the speed back then, and the speed is still there. Like, when you see him in person, and you saw him last week, that's so smooth the way he runs. He's very fluent. He has good hands, and I think he's going to have a monster year. Like, Carson is the key to all, the key to all this. Carson has to stay healthy. But if Carson's healthy, I, I think you could see a, a really big year from Deshaun. Yeah, and you know, Mike Groh even mentioned he's a joy to be around during his press conference today, and you're just hearing all these different things. You're going like, man, this could be – the first thought I had as soon as this all kind of got wrapped up was like, wow, the, the explosive plays are back in Philadelphia. And it's and if it's just because of one guy, that's, that's outstanding. And this is – uh, the other thing that I, I think annoys me during this whole process with debating about Carson or Foles or whoever um, is, for some reason, Carson Wentz and the deep ball, people don't think he can throw one, or at least one accurately or or well. And I just, I think people forget, even with Tory, like even go back, I, I want everybody, if you have Game Pass or anything, or YouTube highlights, just go back and watch some of those games in 2017, because I mean, he was putting the ball exactly where it needed to be in a week four past, and 
if you combine that with Deshaun Jackson, and I've tried to imagine that for like a year now, and this is going to be a lot different. This is going to be a, a, a like a, a growing Carson Wentz with the, a mature Deshaun Jackson is, uh, I don't know, bonerific. I can't think of another <laughs> word. Like well, it, it's it's going to change not only like their their passing game, but it's going to open up everything you know uh, in the running game as well with with play action, with RPOs, with it, with everything. And it's going to look, oh, wow, look at what Doug and all these new wrinkles. And I, I don't think it's that. I think it's just they have so many guys that can do so many different things, and you're going to be questioning what they're going to be doing at all times. At least that's my impression, Elliot. Yeah, and look, I mean, the deep threat is obviously what Deshaun does best. Um, actually, was thinking about this today. Do you think Deshaun is a Hall of Fame player? I think he's, I, I think he's got Hall of Fame talent. Um, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but I mean, he's, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer either. But he might be the best deep threat of all time. Yeah, which is weird to say. <laughs> like, if he's one and of the when, best deep threats of all time, something of all time. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, that that aside, um, the deep threat obviously he's great at. But I think one thing that gets overlooked sometimes is when you look at who the Eagles' number two outside receiver has been. It was Torrey Smith who played admirably and played probably better than he's given credit for, but was not stellar the one year he was here. Then they went to Mike Wallace, who got hurt right away. Um, you know, put people in and out of that role. They had Jordan Matthews there, who we all know how I feel about him. But Deshaun Jackson is just a better receiver than all of them. I mean, deep deep threat aside, better route runner, better hands. He scares defenses more. So even if Deshaun's not catching seventy five yard bombs, I mean, I just think the upgrade of having a veteran receiver on the outside is, is just gonna it's gonna help Carson a lot. And you know, Deshaun is like Carson. And maybe this is the only way they're alike. But the one way they are alike is, you know, Deshaun has also had trouble staying on the field. So uh, if Wentz can stay healthy and Deshaun can stay healthy, I mean, they're they're going to be a very dynamic duo, and more so than just because of the deep pass. Yes, and uh, we saw some video today too of uh, Brandon Brooks running pretty well uh, on uh, on his own social media. Yeah, um, I'm still not as optimistic as maybe some uh, that he'll be ready for Week One. But if he is. That's going to be amazing, uh, and that'll be great for Carson to go and start in. Did see that, uh, same as last week, still rotating prior and still rotating Maialata at the right uh, right tackle. Excuse me. Big V has not moved from that guard position. Um, we'll have to see if that changes during training camp. But, Elliot, to me, I think that's exactly where Big V needs to be. Like, there shouldn't, there shouldn't be any priority on him, uh, you know, being a left tackle at this point, especially with Dillard being here. Obviously, he can still do it. Uh, kind of in a pinch if you need him to, or with you know Lane not being there for whatever reason. But I like this setup. I think Big V's can can just go, is is a better grinder than he is pass protector. Uh, what what do you think of that uh, so far? By the way, at OTA uh, with Vitai, yeah. Look, I think that Vitai gets ripped on in this city, and you know sometimes rightfully so. He certainly had rough stretches, but he's a very quality backup offensive lineman, and. I, look, I think that the Eagles' backup offensive line situation, especially now that they have with Newski, looks a lot better than it used to. And, uh, man, OTAs really do breed optimism because I feel like all we're talking about is positive stuff. But <laughs> the Eagles... Uh, <laughs> well, tell me, Eagles, tell me some bad stuff from today, if, if anything. I mean, other than your boy Sydney gets lit uh-huh. up in the end zone, I don't know. <laughs> well, 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 let's see. How do, how does, this is from The Flash. How does Sydney Jones look, and, and could you see him starting? And I chimed in. I said, I think we all know how he's going to answer that one. But, you know, how, how, what was your impression of him today? Uh, I think the best compliment I could give Sydney today is the only time I noticed him was when he got beat for the touchdown. And then with a cornerback, that's 
that's what you want, right? I mean, when the team drills, I didn't notice him getting beat that much. He does look healthy, which I know you commented on last week. He does look to be in very good shape and to be healthy, which is obviously huge for Sydney. Uh, starting on the outside, because Darby and Mills aren't there, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him, you know, once those guys are back. But, yeah, look, uh, one maybe takeaway you had from Schwartz and Grove prior to practice is that uh, Schwartz said there's a big offseason for Sydney and that he needs to have a big training camp. And so uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's true. And today he played pretty well other than, that uh, the touchdown, but it's going to be a huge training camp in offseason for him. Well, and Casey Young chimes in here too, and he asks who is taking the the second team DN snaps right now. And you just reminded me of something. Did you hear Jim just kind of slide in there? I mean, it's common knowledge anyway. He's not saying any uh, untruths or rumors or anything, but he's like, I I wouldn't be surprised if you know Howie and Joe just kind of. I mean, if you yeah. just look at the history, like there's another DN that's going to come in here and my antennas went off again and I noticed that. But um, who is taking second team uh, DN snaps uh, from today? It's a good question. I was so busy watching Carson, not sure I completely remember that off the top of my head. But uh, look, I think I, I think I Josh, Josh Sweat was in there. Um, they rotate guys in and out. But the second I saw that tweet from Casey Young, I was like, Fuck! I probably should have paid better attention. Who was taking second? <laughs> well, there's only so many around. eyes. There's only so many eyes. So that's you know. yeah. I mean, when you're watching Carson light things up, it's hard to it's hard to look away. But uh, yeah, no, I, I imagine overall, I mean, it's going to be Barnett and Graham. And then I saw uh, Josh Sweat was there. It had a knee brace on, which I guess he he does wear. But um, obviously coming off of that health situation. But yeah, I would say Josh Sweat at this point uh, is probably the top one of the top backups. Uh, and then uh, Sebastian is is chiming in there too, and this is. Uh, well, I, I know we've talked about this before. So, where are you? Are you more towards happening or not happening with the with the clowny thing? You know, that's still kind of in the air. People are talking about it. Do you think they go somewhat in that direction? If it is uh, a move for a D end, uh, I would say not happening. I mean, I think it's probably a credit to Howie and Joe that we're even discussing the possibility. But um, I mean, I would be. I'd be surprised. It's, it's going to cost a lot of money. They probably they, they do want to try to sign Carson. They want to keep that money available. They are a win-now team, which I think is one of the reasons you could maybe see it, and they certainly like to be aggressive. But, uh, no, I don't I – don't, uh, my guess would be no on that. Uh, so here's an interesting thing, too, that, like, I don't, uh, I don't want to breathe, breathe life into a comeback season, but um, Pumphrey is out there, and he's been taking – shockingly once again uh reps at the uh, punt return position what do you think their plan is here it just to uh, give us anything or is there any chance he makes this team man pumphrey is a guy that i just can't quit like like whenever <laughs> i see him and whenever i see him in practice and you know last year during training camp it's just like the dude just looks like he would be such a beast in doug's offense if doug would be forced to use him right like if doug was like okay you know gotta play pumphrey this week I'd be very interested to see what Doug could do with them because Doug's great at accentuating a player's skill set. Um, he looked good today. He looks fast. He looks quick. Pumphrey normally shines in this kind of situation where there's no tackling. Had a really nice open field run today where he shook one guy, which is hard to do in, in a, you know, a no-tackle situation. But, again, like he's looked good in practice before, so it's hard for me to really say he looks different. But they could certainly use him because, you know, like I said, playmaking, shifty, uh, he has an elite something. There's something about him that is, is tantalizing for a head coach, obviously. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. But I just, I, I'm just skeptical he'll ever put it all together. Uh, this one coming from Ryan Jones. Will Nelson Aguilar be an eagle at the end of the season? 
yeah. and, and I, I I'm starting to feel that way too from from like the jump in during the offseason I just felt like he was easily not going to be on this team even before OTA started like I didn't I didn't even think he was going to make it to the draft but um I mean do you think that uh, they obviously like checked around in 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 your perspective right like, there is no way that the Eagles didn't shop him I mean like shopping is such a it depends how you look. Even just to I check his value, look, just to see like where where everybody would be at. Do you think they at least? Yeah, did that? I'm sure in their discussions with teams, I'd imagine Agler think something they were interested. I'm sure they would be. I'm sure they checked in on it because he's in his last year of his deal and all those things. But I mean, I really think they value Aguilar. And when you look at their other receivers, Alshon's a guy that if he's not really good this year, next year could be a cap casualty, which how with how much he costs against the books. And Deshaun is 31 now, I think, maybe even older than that. But, um, so yeah, I look, like, Aguilar is the only real young stud receiver on this team besides maybe your boy J.J. So uh, I think trading him would be a mistake. He looks great today, catches everything thrown his way. Looks like he's put on a lot of muscle. So I, I do think they're invested in keeping Aguilar and developing him. Uh, this is coming from Kyle Seifer. Has anyone really shocked you yet? I know it's shorts and no pads, but is there a player you thought was just a camp body and is now in line to have a shot at the roster? Yeah, so this is how much this guy has, shot, has shocked me. I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. But he's number number 14, 6'6", six, six, had maybe the play of the day today. Oh, Carlton. Uh, Carlton. Uh, I always forget how to pronounce his last name, but it's Augie Dosi or something like yep, that? Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So out jumped Rasul Douglas, and I think maybe Cravon. I think maybe it was those two. Bad bad ball by uh, Thorson, but he jumped up and went it. And what, what's interesting about him is he's he's skinny, but normally when you see guys like like Afini Moma, I mean, I know he eventually ended up putting a muscle, Moma! but he was very skinny early on. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. I had to let one out, yeah. So, so this guy is going to end up being, uh, I mean, six six, just it's impressive. I mean, he's impressive to watch play. Had a great catch today. Um, Eagles backup receivers are somewhat up for grabs. I mean, you would say Alshon, Deshaun, Aguilar, JJ are all locked. Matt Collins is close to that after them. But I do think uh, he would have, you know, he could be viewed as like a dark horse type candidate to make the roster. Yeah, I think he, um, I think he did that to Maddox last week, and that's I, that's when I first turned my head. I was like, "Who the fuck is 14? <laughs> well, it's hard to ignore him. Too. I mean, the <laughs> like, dude Jesus, is huge. Well, yeah, and he lined up during uh, because you know how they always start with the wide receiver drills where they're going through the ladder and they're just you know right. doing all that simple stuff. And I, I, I mean, his footwork and everything too. I was like, "Who the who is this guy?" So uh, <laughs> I, I, I think we can officially say because. I don't, I don't really know the generations of Eagles fans, but we'll just call it the Henry Josie Award. He is the leading candidate so far after uh, two two flashes of uh, of seeing guys in Agreed. in, in, in uh, shorts and shells here. Um, another interesting one. Uh, I, well, actually, let me ask you this: I, I even I didn't see Blake Countess that much in the first one. Did was he doing anything? That you saw today, by the way? No, he didn't. Didn't really stand out today. Yeah, I didn't see um, him or yeah. Trey. So sorry, Errol. We'll we'll keep an eye on those guys. We'll be tag teaming this from from this point point forward. So there's at least uh, two two sets of eyes, and then we can answer everybody's questions here. So let's go to Donald too. With Malcolm Jenkins is a no show uh, again today. What are, what are we learning about the depth at safety? Is Maddox getting any reps at safety there? Uh, yeah. What what is the rotation with Malcolm being out there? It's not good <laughs> I mean, because you know <laughs> yeah. Rodney's not really practicing either. So uh, they need they need Malcolm back. Uh, I mean, 
Look, they've had, uh, like you said, Countess has been back there. I think Trey Sullivan was with the first team defense today. So not the two people you want starting. I think Trey Sullivan did improve as the year went on, dropped that easy interception against the Bears, if I remember correctly. So, you know, obviously still has some work to do. They need Malcolm. There's no way around it. I mean, Brandy Graham said it today. Uh, Jim Schwartz said, you know, obviously we, we can count on Malcolm to be here when it matters. They need a happy, healthy, motivated Malcolm because this is a Super Bowl comparable team, caliber team, and I don't know if it is without Malcolm. And that sounds yeah. drastic to say about a safety, but – I mean, what do you think? Like, if, if I told you Malcolm was not going to play this year, how much would that change this, your, this this defense, your outlook? This defense is fucked. Plain yeah, and simple. Yeah. Like, there is, yeah. you, we, can, we can celebrate everything about, hey, you know, this pass rush is, is really different and da 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 But you're, I mean, even as, as confident as I am in Sydney or Mills or Maddox or whoever is going to be there, um, Malcolm Jenkins really does change the secondary that much. So that that to me is like the biggest siren of all time. It also put me at a little bit of ease that Jim Shorts did say that. I mean, it sounds like he's not going to just you know hold out and say I'm not I'm not coming back this year. Like he's going to be there if there's going to be football on the table. Um, so here's my I was thinking about this earlier. I'm interested in your take on it. So whenever players hold out, I think we can all agree probably not going to miss the regular season, right? right? And I yeah. don't think Malcolm is going to. Yeah, so let me just start with that. It's almost impossible but, to do it, by yeah, the way. very impossible yeah. to do it. You want the money, you want to play, all that stuff. But Malcolm is kind of a guy where, I don't know, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he skipped mandatory OTAs to at least prove a point of, yes. like, I know what I'm worth. You're disrespecting me by not giving me money that I think I've earned. And he has so much else going on. I mean, I, I don't know. I think he'll be here, he'll play, and this is all just off-season drama, but... I don't know. I mean, Malcolm's a different type of dude. And if he feels disrespected, which I think he frankly should to a certain degree, he's very underpaid for his position. I just wonder how he'll handle, how he'll handle it. Uh, here's, and, and I know we probably disagree on this because we were talking about it in the text thread. Um, this comes from Liz Mullen today, and uh, she works for the Sports Business Journal. The NFLPA executive director, Dean, or D. Smith, sent an email out to all NFL agents this morning advising them to urge their player clients to save money in the event of a work stoppage in 2021 because there's going to be a new CBA, hopefully signed, sealed, and delivered before we have to go into that, although I've like quintupled down that we're not going to have football then. Uh, we are advising players to plan for a work stoppage of at least a year in length. A year in length, the letter states. Uh, you know, more in soon, and then I, I didn't see a follow-up from that. Um, mm. That, to me, is the biggest reason why Malcolm Jenkins needs the guaranteed money right now, because uh, the argument, I mean, the, most of the arguments I've heard is, well, you know, he's got a, he has got a, a contract and he should honor it, but not if there's a work stoppage, and you can't get paid if you don't have guaranteed money, and honestly, the NFLPA should have a nest egg for at least some of the incoming rookies or people that are still on their rookie contract or veterans or somehow to, like, take out of the pot if they're really serious about that year thing, and I know you think it's just the, the same old, same old here, Elliot, but I really do believe... And this kind of gets into my thinking of also where the Eagles are planning on or and what they've done so far in terms of offseason, they're signing, how they're handling the draft. We don't know what's going to happen in 2021, really, but I can guarantee you there's going to be games missed. How many is up for debate? No, I, well, I disagree with that. Why, well, I, see, I, 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 okay, tell me why you think you disagree with that. But do you, do you, don't you it's, think that's at least a motivating factor for Malcolm Jenkins? And not just like the the outright disrespect as well. Like he, he needs he needs money just in case. Um, 
look, I think Malcolm's a very smart guy, and I'm sure there's a lot of different factors into this, but I think ultimately it's just, I think he's underpaid. <laughs> I mean, well, I think, that you know, too, you look, yes. You, see, you look and see, and see all the safety contracts that are out there and were handed out this offseason. Now, Malcolm's older than a lot of those players, but he's also considerably better than all those players. So I think that's part of it. But to your thing, I think there's too much money on both sides for them to miss games. And the NFL players probably have the worst CBA in sports. I mean, they very not friendly for them. But there's only a certain amount of percentage of people in the NFL that actually make the type of money where you don't need to work. And ultimately, I just think there's too much money on both sides and that they'll get it taken care of. Yeah, uh, so here's – and I I agree for the most part because every time that they've – there has been a strike or a CBA, they've, they've always just said fine and caved and figured it out. Um, notoriously, uh, and please go watch it, um, with Buddy Ryan in the first you know major strike in the 80s and why there was revenge even between him and Tom Landry and the owners of like, the Dallas Cowboys. It's one of the greatest sports stories in Philadelphia. I urge you just to go YouTube it. Um, secondly – Here's the other thing I think we forget about the CBA. Um, that came at a time when Manning knew he was at the end of his career. Brady knew he wanted a lot more. Breeze wanted a lot more. And those were the major heads walking in. And you had all of these different guys like, you know, uh, Rogers and Richard Sherman and these guys that were on the come up that all got fucked. You know, and mm-hmm. and the the people that are incoming now got fucked. You know, we can make fun of Sam Bradford for as much as we want to, but he had the every right to go get whatever it was. What was his? What did he get signed for as a rookie? One hundred and sixty million dollars or something like that. That's his right, and that's that team's right to go get that money if they want to. Now they've capped all that, and the reason why they took the shitty deal in the first place during that lockout was because those guys just wanted to get on the field. They've already gotten paid. They're already past that. They didn't care. They wanted to continue to play football. I think leading up to all of this, people realize how much of uh, the short end of the stick that they got, even though the guys that signed that deal still made their money coming into the draft the way they did. I think there are a lot mm-hmm. of motivated, pissed off, rich people that are that is it's it's going to be different this time. There will be games missed. And I, I just feel like if it goes to eight games, the season's over, and I think that has a more, a more of a chance of happening this time around than any other time that this has happened specifically because of that. Uh, and it, it amazes me how many people forget, like, Manning was kind of an asshole <laughs> during those negotiations. Like, they forced people into signing the, the literally the worst CBA I've ever seen in the NFL. It's yeah, well, I mean, with the, with the inception of, like, since the game started or whatever. But um, I, I just I think it's different, and I think Malcolm would be a a large, loud voice into that too. You know, no, regardless if he gets a new contract or not, I just don't expect that. I, I think we might be covering the XFL for a little bit along with it. Yeah, you I'm just said being that. And I I don't know. I'd be surprised. I'll say this: <laughs> I think there's a better chance the XFL is gone by 2021 than there's there's games missed. Wow! I just, bet bet look, bet I, bet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it. Look, your your points are good, and it's true, right? Like they rushed into signing a bad CBA last time, but at the end of the day, it's just it's just too much money. Like things like this, rarely. I mean, how many years have there been professional sports, and there's very rarely long strikes when you look at it, considering there's four major seasons a year for such yeah. a long time. Like there's just too much money on both sides to be made. Uh, and but look, but, but here's, I, here's what I'll it's say. Also, a long it's also a long way from now. Well, I mean, it 2021. Is. If, 
It is. And I, I don't know if they're negotiating now or like they're – but if – I'm saying if the NFLPA is, is sending that out now, I mean, they got to well, be thinking about it. that's a negotiating ploy. I mean, they're just sure raising fire. Of, yeah, of course right. it is. Uh, but I, I also know that in 1994, like as much as I hated – the way that, like, you know, the Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get a chance to break the records during it, and he was on pace to do it, and the, the baseball season went away, that still became one of the strongest players' unions in sports. And I yep. think if you continue to reference that, it goes, guys, this is going to suck, and I know that there's way more people in the NFL than there is in any other sport, and we're all trying to work here, but you will literally fuck everybody if we don't stay together and look at the result of what they happened in Major League Baseball or whatever. So I, we'll have to wait and see. And th- real quick, because I know where we were – I meant to get into this this Ertz thing, but um, I, I'm, I, I, will, I tell you what, we'll save that for Thursday. Because I think it's okay. really interesting with that in mind, plus, you know, uh, how the Eagles have, have planned for it. Well, I'll just say it. I, I mean, it's I'm, I've already gone back on any thinking on it. I originally thought because the, 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 the NFL finally announced that Benjamin Watson or whatever was going to be suspended for the first four games of the season. And I didn't think anything of it. And no, I'm not. I am not. Let me clarify this a million times. I do not want to trade Zach Ertz. <laughs> So, okay. Seems like you want to trade him. Seems like you want to trade him. <laughs> I just wanted to know what a guy at that level who is on a trajectory right now, I would assume, uh, to go into the Hall of Fame, who is, as he corrected me, not 30, uh, 28 going on 29, and you have Dallas Goddard here, and you had, you know, he's uh, around the same age where Brent Selleck uh, was around, and then they drafted Zach Ertz to go in and replace him, and so on and so forth. Let's just say the Patriots call. What do you think that they – what is the – is there any offer in the world that you would take for Zach Ertz right now and, and or for the future? I mean, I don't – three first-round picks. I mean, I like – Yeah, well, that's what I'm be, saying. Yeah, it would have right, to be ridiculous, yeah, like, right? It would have to be uh, the most ridiculous thing ever because, I mean, look, there's two – Two or three main reasons. One, Zach Ertz is still really good. And I know Dallas Goddard is also good, but we have no idea if Goddard could do what Ertz did for multiple years right, in a row. Right. Two, this is such a big year for Wentz, and Ertz is Wentz's safety blanket, and so there's that. And it's a win-now team. Three, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, then, you're then giving the tight end to, uh, you know, like there's well, how many teams in the league are legitimate Super Bowl contenders? Six, seven, maybe yeah, a little more, right? Yeah. Like, and so you're giving arguably your best player on offense to him. So I, I see I see the logic slightly of your point, which is you have Goddard, Ertz is getting up there, you save money and you cash assets. Like I, I get that. If you take the names off of it, I get the logic. I just don't think this team is in any situation to even consider moving Ertz. Well, no, in the, in the moment that this announcement came out, I go, there's no fucking way you should trade anybody for any assets ever because you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea football is going to be around. Go in right now and worry about it later. And I think that is a a huge thing to think about when thinking in terms of especially next offseason too and how the mm-hmm. Eagles handle this. Like, I would be pushing to go all in every single year until there's a new CBA signed. So this year and next year, which the Eagles obviously are doing, and they have a core already to, to mess it around, but sign whatever big-time free agency you want to. Because, again, it's an uncapped year, and I don't trust – 
uh, or I trust the, the Howie and 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 uh, and is it Jake? I always forget his first name. Jake Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah. And to to literally do anything. So go all in. Don't even worry. That the, the getting back to. I know we had like a, a, the value of of draft picks and what and whatever right now. They're meaningless without a new CBA. That's my take. They're meaningless without a new CBA because you don't know what's going to happen. So, would it, how would this impact your negotiations with Wentz? Um, that's a good thought. I yeah, because well, I, I don't think it, it impacts much. You know, because you're still going to have well, to give them good the, guaranteed the money. Impact would be the impact would be like maybe in a new CBA, the Eagles can sign Wentz to a way more team friendly deal. Like Wentz gets all of it, but I so there would be that consideration on my end with Wentz when there's already not an urgency to do it. And I will say you seem way more worried about the CBA stuff than oh, I yeah. do now. Yeah. Right. So, I've been, just so but, you know, I've been worried about this for two and a half years. I, I've been thinking what, about this what, for what two a and a half years. <laughs> 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 Sit at home worried about the CBA. Your, your girl's like, John, what's wrong? It's like, there might not be football in 2021, <laughs> honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is ridiculous, but I've been obsessed with it, uh, mainly because I planted the flag so early, and I guess I'm just trying to hold All my right, take man, up. I talked about Jordan Matthews nonstop for three years. Yeah, we all have our exactly. Things, yeah, know? watch. It'll probably be nothing, and there'll be football week one. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like there is the threat of the XFL taking some of these players out of the draft. You know, no, I, it's not. Oh, of I course mean, there is. If, if Because they get a the XFL gets a, a starting run while the NFL is going on. And if it if it is remotely successful, and there is no football in twenty twenty one, that's going to open the door big time, big time. Yeah, but those players will just go back to the NFL. No, no, no legitimate prospect. Like, yes, are seventh and sixth rounders maybe going to go to the XFL? Yes, but no legitimate prospect is going to go risk their body in the XFL, knowing that worst case scenario they're they're playing football in like four or five months later. Yeah, they'll do it if there's twenty five million dollars or fifteen million dollars well, or whatever. It's not attached. Give them that type of money. Why wouldn't I mean, they? Yeah, like, Why wouldn't they? They have the money to do it. Money. They they have the money to do it. They to steal they, one or two major players that are coming out of the NCAA. And if there's no football league to play for, other than that one, they're going to take that money. I, I would also I would also bet you that no player will sign a deal with XFL unless it has an out thing they can leave for the NFL. Oh, of course, of course, yes. But I'm saying that at least it gives them it gives them every opportunity to at least highlight their their league again in their second year, and hopefully everything smoothed out with coaches and God knows what else. And I'm just saying I'm, I don't think that the XFL is going to like overtake the NFL. That's ridiculous. I'm just saying there's an opportunity to go steal the spotlight at least for a little bit and I don't know we'll just have to have to wait and see I've got a lot of well I'm, the I'm, 2021 Go Birds pod is fucking <laughs> lit talking about this new CPI I am like <laughs> fucking Charlie Day uh, in uh, in the, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia trying to figure out who Pepe Silva is put it is. all together when it's really James Seltzer who by the way recorded a High Hopes pod today and did not stick with us so I just uh, they they have the good story about how James screwed up his face and uh, and we don't and I, I honestly I'm appalled but he's still a hero so. well on Friday he'll just have to explain it for the 500th time again because <laughs> when you're a hero those are the type of things you gotta do exactly before we go how is Ireland and how is the Spice Girls Spice Girls was amazing. I mean, what can you say? When you get a chance to see an iconic band like that, you just you just don't pass it up. You know, it's kind of like people that go to see Bruce Springsteen. Only this band had talent and more hits. Yeah. I guess would be the best way I would do. <laughs> the best way I would Listen, describe it. Right? I don't even like Bruce Springsteen that much, and I just I I'm gonna let you leave. Yeah, that's fine. Honestly, 
Elliot, for all the beat writers that love Bruce Springsteen, I'm actually glad that somebody said Spice Girls just for just to mix it up. What I'm saying, just to yeah. mix it up. I appreciate it, buddy. So, uh, but no, I mean, look, as Spice Girls was awesome, yeah. Ireland was awesome. For everyone listening, if you ever get a chance to go to Ireland, the the suggestion I would give is like Dublin was cool and the cities are awesome, but they're kind of just like all other American cities. Like driving along Northern Ireland, seeing the coast, seeing the cliffs was super awesome. Renting a car was a little scary because it's on the other side of the road. But <laughs> once you once you get over that, driving around is awesome. So I would highly recommend did other you, people. Did you do all the driving while you were there, by the way? Did you I did off? because yeah, like so if we added if it was me it was me and my girlfriend, if I we added another driver, cost more money, but also I just felt like it was better for me one person to get comfortable driving instead of continually switching and never getting fully comfortable. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, Fair plus, enough. I'm, plus I'm the man, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we've got uh, a couple of more, couple of more OTs before we get to mini camp coverage, which will be we get three solid days in a row: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, starting June 10th, 11th, and 12th, I believe. Which uh, is coming up. I can't believe it's May 28th yeah. already. And they'll get really fired up when that happens. So we'll have all eyes on the birds. Uh, we really appreciate everyone hanging out. And listening to us, you can go do the five-star reviews and say anything you want on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you are uh, listening to us. We will uh, go over some of them when we're all together on Friday. And uh, as always, go birds. For Elliot Show Park, uh, no, that's not your name. For Elliot Shore Come Parks and John Barchard, this has been the Go Birds pod number 78 right here at Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP.